to the latest episode of the Odds On Podcast, your home of football and sports betting. My name's Dan Tracy, and for the next 45 minutes, I'm joined by two top guests as we dissect all the numbers, look for the value, and find those long shots before this weekend's football action. As I say, it's not just me on the show today, so before we start waxing lyrical about wagers, let's get the introductions out of the way. First up, I'm joined by Craig Jones. Craig, it's a pleasure to have you on the show again. How have you been these past few days? Yeah, Dan, all good here. I've uh, dragged myself from the sickbed to come on to today. But to be honest, when I've got a football weekend that consists of Barnes of the MK Dons and Qatari Ecuador, uh, who wouldn't be up for that, eh? Absolutely. World Cup fever is well and truly gripped, Craig. But of course, last but certainly not least, is Jamie Brown. Jamie, I hope all is well. How have you been keeping these past few days? Yeah, all good. Thanks, Dan. And, you know, really excited for the World Cup now. Of course, we did that preview um, a couple of days ago. That really got me in the mood. But uh, obviously today, taking kind of a deeper dive into some of the matches and, uh, yeah, really looking forward to to kind of looking at them. So, uh, yeah, today's show should be good. Yeah, it certainly will. I'm glad to hear that you're all right as well. So that's all the intros out of the way. Let's get down to business. And, of course, before we start, wherever you bet, check first with freebets.com, your best place for offers, tips and insights. And from a social media point of view, if you're placing any bets this week, let us know via the Odds On podcast hashtag, and who knows, we may be discussing your winners on next week's show. Okay, where should we start first? Well, we can only go to Monday afternoon and the small matter of England versus Iran. Before we do that, let's look at the landscape of Group B as a whole. Craig, is this a group where the three Lions roll themselves to the top? I mean, they should do, shouldn't they? Um, I think sort of... If we're looking at expectations, then anything that isn't winning the group will be seen as a disappointment from England's point of view. Personally, I think that all three games look really tight, and I think maybe the Iran game is the one that, that should be the easiest, but the fact that that's the first game of the tournament, uh, the fact that that's also the earliest kickoff, so the, the added sort of pressure of the heat as well, um, does mean that that is actually a fairly tricky game. Um, England are one to three from a betting point of view, uh, to win this group, which is incredibly short, I think. It's definitely not for me. I think we'll do it, but I think we'll do it the hard way. Um, Maybe win the group, but perhaps not play so well and and have a really slow start. Well, Jamie, you can do it the hard way, but you can sometimes still grind out three wins in a row. So do you reckon it's going to be a maximum nine points on the table for Gareth Southgate's men, or will there be some drop points along the way? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm definitely with Craig here. I think this will be a group which England should win, but I think they're going to make it quite hard to do so. Um, I think kind of with the greatest respects to Iran, this game does feel like it should be kind of a formality. It should be the one that England definitely win. Um, but I do think it's the other two games that kind of do maybe worry me in terms of where England might drop those points. I think the Wales game is probably the one where England might might well drop points. Um, we saw at the Euros kind of the power of of playing a derby, what that can do. We saw with England, obviously, um, drawing 0-0 with Scotland. Um, and I think it could be the same case here. I think it would just be one where Wales are really desperate to get up for this one. Um, they'll be desperate to kind of stop England from winning. Um, and, and they'll be giving everything for this match. So I think that that will play a part. I think having that extra factor of being a derby against Wales, I think Wales can get something from that. I do like the look of a draw in that one. You get that at three to one. I think that that does seem quite a good, um, quite a good bet. Just think, I think England can drop points. It's also the last game as well. So 
I think England should have enough to beat um, USA as well. So that could mean that obviously England would be maybe on six points by then, maybe through into the next rounds. Wales, their kind of maybe call it their qualification status might still be up in the air. So again, that might be an extra factor or extra motivation for Wales to go and get the win or or go and get something from this one. So um, I, I, I I struggle to see how it will be um, maximum points for England. It should be because you'd look at those three teams and, and really fancy that it, this England team or certainly the quality of this England team should be enough to get maximum points. But uh, unfortunately, I don't think that will be the case. I think there will be uh, drop points somewhere. For me, I think it will be against Wales. So, um, no, I, I think England will, will, will drop points at some stage. And of course, Craig, this is a four-team group and the United States and Wales will pose an interesting pair of challenges for England. With that said, are they going to pose a huge challenge for each other? Yeah, I, I, to be honest, I quite like them as both sort of uh, potential upset causes, if, if you like. Um, it would be an upset, but I think they're both fairly evenly matched. So if you're asking me who's going to cause the upset, then then I don't really know. Um, I don't think there's going to be much between all four in terms of points when we get to the end of it. I'm definitely in agreement with Jamie that I don't think England will get nine points. Uh, it's a market I've actually looked at, and... The one that stands out to me would be sort of going a, a little lower than what Jamie said. Um, England to finish the group with five points is available at eight to one, which would essentially be a, a two draws and a win, which which would be enough for them to qualify. And there's probably a scenario where that would be enough to actually win the group. Um, I just think that we're going to start slowly and, and really struggle. And I think there's going to be a lot of draws in this group, actually, because I, I also think that USA and, and Wales will draw when they kick off on Monday as well. Um, so I, I just think it's all going to be very tight, very messy. Uh, maybe a little bit boring at times, but ultimately England will have enough, I think. Now, Jamie, we'll have a deeper dive into the Wales-United States game in a moment. But in terms of them getting off the mark, will a point be considered a good result for either side? Or is day two going to already be a must-win fixture for both Greg Berhalter and Robert Page's men? Mm. I mean, yeah, this game is, is going to be absolutely pivotal. I think it just kind of really sets the tone for both teams in terms of, you know, I don't... It, you know, if one team was to get the win, you'd, you'd really think they're almost through. Um, I think these are kind of the two teams that will be fighting for that second place spot. Again, I think that they are more capable of, of um, maybe upsetting England. But I, I really believe that England should be winning this group. I think we should be confident going into this one. So, again, I do think it will be a case of these two teams battling out for second place. Um, but, yeah, a winner will be absolutely decisive in this one. And uh, I just think, I, I think I mentioned in the, in the last show as well, we just think it would be a case of where... It's, it's a must-not-lose for, for either team. They cannot afford to, to kind of lose this one. Um, it's, it's such an evenly matched game as well. So um, I just think it's going to be a cagey affair. I think it's going to be a game where both teams are, are kind of more you know, cautious in their approaches. So I think that is going to lead towards a game that leans towards a draw, um, potentially a, a low-scoring one as well. So like the look of uh, under two goals in this game, you get that 13-8. to eight. Um, But I just think it's got all the, all the marks of a a cagey affair and a low-scoring one as well. Now, Craig, if you had to nail your colours to the mast and assume England top the group, who would be your hunch when it comes to the runners-up? Or, because you're not overly confident with England, I'll change the question slightly, who are going to be the two teams that qualify out of Group B? Yeah, I mean, I do think England will maybe just get there. Uh, I've had a look at this market and it's an incredibly difficult one to choose. Um, I don't think the prices are giving anything away either, to be honest. So England first and USA second will be 13 to 8. Uh, England first followed by Wales is 9 to 4. And then England first with Iran qualifying second is 8 to 1. Now, I'm not for a second suggesting that Iran are good enough to qualify, of course. Um, but 
considering that I do fancy a few draws and considering that I think all the games are going to be relatively tight, the 8-1 to one pick around Iran coming second, you know, you're back in 8-1 to one just in the hope of a surprise goal here and there, maybe nicking a point off England because we all know England starts slowly at tournaments. Um, it's not a pick for me, but I just think that looking at those prices, you know, that the stranger things have happened than Iran nicking a couple of fluky goals and, and managing to somehow put together... I don't know, say four points, five points, and that being enough to nick second place. Uh, but it's definitely not a market I want to get involved in. Well, Jamie, would it be unfair to overlook Iran in all of this? They are the outsiders in Group B, and perhaps rightly so. But with that said, do you think they can use the weather to their advantage, or is this going to be wishful thinking? Yeah, I, I do think it probably will be wishful thinking. I, I think Craig's right in terms of, you know, there are going to be a number of draws in this group. And I think the winner of this group is maybe going to be the team that scores the most goals against Iran. I think obviously being very harsh on them, but uh, I do think that will be the case. I think there'll be a team that probably will win in the competition with with uh, zero points. Um I mean, in a way, you could kind of look at their form coming into this one. I looked at some of their, their previous uh, fixtures. They managed to get a draw with Senegal. Um, they even beat Uruguay as well. Obviously, a team I, I kind of tipped to do pretty well at this competition. So they come into this this tournament in fairly good form. But uh, I just think the other three in, in this group are going to be too strong for them. I think, you know, you've got key players in, in all of those teams that are capable of scoring and producing those big moments. So... I think these the three other teams will be just too strong for them. And uh, yes, I, I would just overlook around for this one. Right, we're going to go bet building once again. And it makes perfect sense to go with England's clash with Iran. So we're going to look to construct another winner and get a World Cup betting off the mark. Because Craig, as always, I'd like an anytime goal scorer from you. What have you got for me? Yeah, I'm going to keep away from the obvious Harry Kane selection here. Um, I'm going to go with Raheem Sterling, actually. Um, he's, he's out of form. I think when his name gets announced... In the team on Monday afternoon, there'll be a few people sort of raising their eyebrows and rushing to Twitter to complain about it. Um, but he's been in this position before. We've we've seen him come out for England before on the back of poor form. We've seen him come out and sort of defy the critics who are against him and get goals. And at major tournaments, he has been a goal scorer. So um, I'm going to go with Raheem Sterling to uh, hopefully prove a few doubters wrong and get England off with a goal. Yes, good shout. Who hopefully fatten things up because as you say, if you go for the obvious, we're not going to really make the bookies sweat are we so I like the way you've kind of just pivoted slightly against the grain but Jamie that's a good starting point what have you got for me in terms of the over under yeah I mean look just just listening just listening there to, to kind of Craig's um answer there um I, I think he's I think he's right I think it's a good shout with Raheem Sterling but kind of my reaction was like blimey I mean you, you want to see people you want to see players like Foden and, and Saka um you want to kind of see these young players coming through and that's why I kind of feel England might potentially struggle at this tournament you know we have seen Southgate in the past make some maybe questionable decisions in terms of sticking with players that are out of form but yeah, I think that could be an interesting shout in Sterling. Um, and that's why as well, with my pick, I'm going to go for England maybe to slightly struggle somewhat. I'm going to go for under 2.5 goals in this one. Um, I just think that England are going to be slow starters again. You know, in the Euros, we kind of saw the same thing where they only managed two goals during the group stages. Um, I think England will do the same here in terms of will be low scorers in the group stage. Um, it's a frustrating because, as I said, you know, there's so much kind of attacking talent um, that the three lines have. But uh, yes, I, I think this will be a fairly low scoring one. I do think it'll be a win for England, of course. But uh, I'm gonna, I think it'll be under 2.5 goals. OK, that makes me think I'm going to go with both teams to score no. So if I use your under 2.5 pick, Jamie, as my kind of foundation for logic, I can't see Iran scoring a goal. So if you've only given me two to work with, I feel England will do 
all the heavy lifting in attack, but admittedly a clean sheet at the same time. So, yeah, I think it's going to be, you know, routine victory. It's not going to be amazing. It's not going to be a barn burner, but you take 2-0 to get you off the mark. So both teams to score no is my pick. Let's just recap on the odds now. Craig has gone for Raheem Sterling to score at any time. Jamie's gone for under 2.5 goals. And I've gone for both teams not to score on Monday. And when you combine all three picks, you get odds of 15 to 2. That means £10 on the betting slip if it's a winner, £85 in your back pocket. And that would be a perfect start to any World Cup betting. I hope it gets over the line for us. I hope it gets over the line for you. Right, let's have a quick chat about the game itself now. Craig, in terms of England's starting eleven, Gareth Southgate may be short of options at left-back, but that's not the case elsewhere. How do you see the starting eleven taking shape on Monday? Yeah, I think it's important just to quickly put in here for the sake of mine and Jamie's reputations uh, that the question's what we think Gareth Southgate will do and not necessarily what us two would love to see him do, um, which I think a lot of England fans will feel that way, if I'm being honest. So I think we'll go conservative. I think we'll go with the mindset of getting the basics right, of not conceding a goal, of starting strongly at the back and hoping to sort of build from there. And it sounds a terrible sort of way of framing it when I'm saying this when we're playing Iran, but to hopefully nick a goal and win the game um, is how I think we'll set up. So I think we'll go with the back three, uh, Stones, Maguire and Dyer. Uh, we'll play Luke Shaw on the left side because he's the natural option. Kieran Trippier right. Um, I'm hoping that it's Declan Rice and Jude Bellingham in the middle of the park. I really want to see Bellingham get a lot of minutes. Uh, I think he's going to have a really good tournament. Uh, Mason Mount slightly in front. And then as for the front three, I think, as I've sort of mentioned with the Raheem Sterling pick, I think Gareth Southgate's going to stick with Raheem Sterling and, and give him a chance. So I think he'll play Phil Foden alongside Sterling and Kane, maybe keeping uh, Saka as a bit of sort of an impact sub to run at sort of tired defenders within the last 20 minutes, <laughs> perhaps if we need to find a goal because we're drawing nil-nil. Uh, so that'll be my 11 for the game. But not my 11, sorry. Gareth Southgate's 11 for the game. I like the way you're kind of backing away from that. But that's absolutely fine because, Jamie, after what Craig has suggested, what he thinks Gareth Southgate's going to do, if you mm -hmm. can sort of picture this, would you be in agreement with yeah. Craig slash Gareth's 11 or are there some tweaks that need to be made? Do you know what? I think, he, I think he's pretty much spot on there. I think I've got exactly the same team written down. Obviously, the only change that I had was um, was uh, Saka instead of um, Raheem Sterling. That's probably the only change he'd make. I mean, the defence is obviously going to be a bit of a concern. We've obviously Dyer and Maguire at the back. You kind of maybe have some concerns over those two players. Obviously, Maguire is a guy who's hardly played at all this season. Eric Dyer is a guy who... You know, we've seen make kind of big improvements over over recent, over the last year or so. But you know, recently his forms has been pretty poor. We obviously saw that big error that led to Mohamed Salah's goal, um, in, and obviously Spurs' defeat. So you know, quest, big question marks over the defence. But again, it kind of comes down to that big problem where we're going into a major tournament. We don't really kind of know our best setup. We don't know whether we're, England are going to play with a back four. We don't know whether they're going to play like a 3-4-3 three, three or, or whatever. So that, that for me, again, is a big concern. I, I mentioned on the last show, I think you look at a lot of the top teams, they all seem to know kind of their, their, their strongest teams and, and how they're going to set up. So that for me is, is the biggest concern. But uh, yeah, I th I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much a Craig there. I think it'd be a 3-4-3. Three, three. Um, and uh, yeah, I, th I can see the likes of St Sterling starting. I think that that's, that, that's how we're going to set up. So yeah, 3-4-3, three, three, I think is the way that England will, will, will start. Now, Craig, there's no doubt that England are considered slow starters when it comes to tournament football. After their poor Nations League performance, does Southgate need to remove the shackles earlier than before? I think that sound you've just heard, Dan, is all the listeners screaming yes to us. <laughs> um, yeah, he does. 
to sort of pivot from that, though. Do I think he will? And the answer's no, I don't. I don't think that's the Gareth Southgate way at all. And ultimately, that's that's the sort of the issue that m- the majority of England fans who have got a problem with Gareth Southgate, that's the one thing. They, they want to see the shackles taken off. They want to see England players attacking with the freedom that we maybe see them attacking with when they play for their clubs. And, and maybe the um, changing up here and there to allow some of the younger players more game time rather than sticking with the tried and trusted methods, I think. I think Gareth Southgate is just going to double down. I think he's going to want to install a bit of confidence in this team. I think it's fair to say that England are probably lacking in confidence at the minute, given how we've played over the past sort of few games in the Nations League. I think he'll hope to grind out a win, keep a clean sheet, make no mistakes, and use that as the first building block in what he hopes will be a, a number of steps forward. Um, but obviously England fans will probably like a bit more quicker progress, shall we say, and the shackles coming off instantly in the first minute. Uh, I don't think we'll get it. Well, Jamie, we spoke about England and a probable quarterfinal exit in Qatar. Do you think that stage is enough to keep Gareth Southgate employed for the Euro 2024 cycle? Would a round of 16 exit be the end of the road for Gareth? Yeah, I, I think it would have to be. I mean, again, you, you mentioned there, we all said in, in kind of uh, where England are going to kind of go out at the tournament. We all said the quarterfinals. We obviously all kind of looked at that uh, route to the quarterfinals. And you think that that really has to be the minimum for this team. Again, it's it's a really exciting England team. Obviously, some uh, blend between you know youth and, and experience as well. So I think there is should be a lot to get excited about, and we should be getting to the quarterfinals. I think this is a group which England must be topping. Um, you know, regardless of you know whether there can be upsets, I think England have to win this group. You know, I think when that draw was made, yes, we obviously looked at maybe you know Wales potentially wanting to cause an upset, but again, it was kind of there's no other real standout team. You look at some of the other groups, there are teams in there where, uh, you know, you've got the likes of Spain and Germany in the same group. So there is kind of, there's nothing like that for England. So you've got to be topping that group. I think then we look at the the round of 16, you're potentially facing the likes of Ecuador or Senegal. So those are kind of a favourable draw as well. And England should be beating those two teams. So, yeah, I, th- I think, you know, if we were to get in the round of 16, it would be a bit of a disaster. And especially with this team, and it would be so frustrating to see that this team go to waste. Um, I think if we were to get to the quarterfinals, you can kind of uh, forgive that if we were to go out to the likes of a, a Denmark or a, or a France, because those are two teams that are just fantastic at the moment. Um, so, but I, I think regardless, I do think this will kind of be the end for Gareth Southgate. I think we will kind of see him step down after this. Um, one name that I, I really like um, actually is the next England manager and who I think could be a really good shout is a guy who we recently saw um, talking about the England job and that's Maurizio Pochettino. Um, he was speaking to the athletics and he was kind of open to the job um, and I, I think this could be a good shout. He's a guy who's got a strong relationship with the FA. Um, we've obviously saw, seen him in the past produce several England internationals obviously during his time at Spurs. Um, he's a guy who clearly loves working in this country um, he's actually six to one to become the next England manager, and especially when when you hear kind of the way that he was speaking about the England job, um, he does seem like that. That could be something that definitely interests him. So um, yeah, I, I actually like the look of Pochettino to become the next England manager after the World Cup. I think that would be a great fit as well. Obviously, I, I mentioned he's been great with working with young English players in the past. Um, got that relationship with the FA, so that could be one maybe worth looking at. Right then, Craig, in terms of betting on the actual outcome, is a win to nil at 5-6 to six the best starting point for punters? Yeah, I think it is. It's um, It looks looks fairly sensible way around it to me. Um, I'm not sort of of the opinion that 
Iran are any superstars. I don't think England's got a particularly good defence, but I think the defensive mindset of this team makes up for that and the fact that we are going to have quite a lot of players, uh, sort of Declan Rice and maybe Jude Bellingham, in, in a bit of a holding role in front of the defence that's maybe a little suspect. I think we'll keep a clean sheet. And, and as we've sort of said all along, this is a game that England should be able to nick somewhere along the line. So, yeah, England winning to nil would be something that I'd be interested in, yeah. Well, Jamie, to expand on that, would you also recommend a win in both half for Gareth Southgate's men? That's at 12-5. to 5. Yeah, I mean, look, we've obviously been quite pessimistic about England's chances and, and kind of maybe they're messing up at times. But I think with this one, you kind of look at Iran and, and you think that England should be comfortably winning this one. Um, obviously, there are concerns that England will make this one slightly tricky, but... I just think there's going to be too much quality on show from this England team. Um, I think, you know, Iran is certainly a side that England should be trying to beat in both halves. So you think at 12 to 5, that does seem like a fairly good shout. So I think I think you probably have to go with that. I just think that England will have just too much quality on the day. So, yes, this is one I probably will go with, actually. Now, Craig, you can also get odds of 6 to 4 for England to score in both halves. Is that a little on the short side or do you have to take what you can get in fixtures such as this? I think it is a bit short, yeah, and I think England's sort of set-up goes into that. One of the things I would say about England is regardless of when they score in this game, I don't think Gareth Southgate's the sort of manager who's going to go for the kill. I think he's going to play quite conservative. The Heat's going to play an impact in that, don't get me wrong. It's not it's not all Southgate, but I feel like uh, game management, keeping the ball, slow build-up, um, is sort of going to be the, the name of the game after England have scored, whenever that is and for however long we do that. Um, so I wouldn't be rushing in because I don't particularly think we're uh, we're going to score two goals. And Jamie, the same could be said for England and their ability to score goals. You can get seven to two on them scoring a penalty. Is that a worthwhile bet on Monday? Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's interesting you ask me this question. I just I've just kind of been always thinking, you know, it's going to be so typical England ninety uh, fifth minute penalty, Harry Kane. A one-nil win. I just that kind of just feels like the way this game could go. But you know, in reality, this does actually seem like a fairly good shout. You've obviously got players that are always kind of capable of winning fouls in 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 the opposition's half. You've got Harry Kane, a guy who's renowned for obviously winning penalties, and you've got the likes of tricky wingers like uh, Foden, Saka, Sterling, and, and Grealish. Obviously, all players that could come onto the pitch. Um, then you've of course got almost a guaranteeing goals from, from uh, twelve yards in Harry Kane. So. Yeah, I mean, obviously, this is, usually does seem like a, a fairly crazy bet, but I think there is, is maybe some value to be had here. Um, as I said, I just think England have got the players to kind of win win penalties. I think the majority of the game should hopefully should be played in uh, Iran's penalty area. So um, this could actually be quite an interesting shout and maybe one to keep an eye on. Right, before we move on, I'd like a correct score bet from you both. If we once again focus on England versus Iran, I'll also get involved this time. I don't usually do the correct score, but why not? It's the World Cup. So with that in mind, Craig, you get first pick. What score have you got in mind? I think if you sort of piece together the bits that I've said over the past five minutes, you'll be able to work it out. It's not a very good price. It's only available at four to one, which surprised me when I looked. But I'm going for an England 1-0 victory here. I uh, just think that England will score at some point. I think they will keep a clean sheet. And I think after they've scored, I think game management will play its part. The heat will mean that Gareth Southgate doesn't throw everything at this to kill the game. And I think they'll just manage out a 1-0 victory. So England to win 1-0 at 4-1 to is my pick. OK, Jamie, what have you got up your sleeve? Yeah, do, do you know what? I think Craig makes an excellent point there about uh, game management. I think that that's going to be really important at this tournament. You know, considering the heat, you know, you're going to want to conserve energy. So that's actually going to be something that's that's going to be key, especially in these games where almost they do feel like a formality. You know, fans obviously would want to see kind of high scoring matches. 
But I think it's going to be a case of where teams are going to want to just get the win and, and kind of uh, expend at least energy as, as possible because especially in this heat, it's going to really kind of sap that energy. So I think that's why, why we will see games being slightly more conservative and, and why we might see England kind of, yes, we want to see them really blow around away and, and kind of get a number of goals. But I think this will be a low-scoring one. So I'm going to actually going to go for a 2-0 win here for England and uh, you can get that at 9-2. to two. OK, then. It doesn't really leave me much to go on because I don't feel that England are going to blow Iran away and I can't see Iran scoring either. So if I go 3-0, I'm kind of not really confident myself. If I go 2-1, again, I can't see that happening. But why not? Do you know what? Let's go 3-0. Let's start big because we've been a little bit pessimistic, but there's still a World Cup to be won. And why not smash Iran and set the tempo for the weeks ahead? So I'm going to go with 3-0. Maybe I don't believe it as much, but why not? So 3-0 is at 8-1. So you've got a range of clean sheet wins there. 1-0, 2-0, 3-0. Take your pick out of those. And of course, check out freebets.com for the latest offers and enhanced odds from all the leading bookmakers. Right, let's pop up the other clash in Group B now. And as mentioned earlier, this one sees the United States play host to Wales. Craig, this could be a tense affair. And although I mentioned winner-take-all earlier, could the value pick actually be the draw at 2-1 to one instead? Yeah, I, I do think the value pick could be the draw, definitely. There's one really fascinating element to this game for me. And that's the fact that England play at 1 o'clock. And then this game starts at 7 o'clock after... And what if England slip up earlier in the day? Oh. Will either of these two coaches have the um, sort of the willingness to just think, you know what, this is our opportunity to go out and really get a hold of this group. Let's rip up the sort of notes that we've made. Let's forget about this being a not not lose game, um, and let's go for it. Let's go for it. Let's go for it. You know, it would I would love to see one or both teams take that. In, into uh, into this game, uh, obviously I don't want England to slip up. By, by the way, but um, but it's just it adds a fascinating element. If England win, which I think they do win, I think the draw is a great bet here because I think both teams will not want to lose, and we could get to a situation where there's sort of half an hour left in this game, and both teams are starting to tire it because of the heat, and maybe they don't want to lose. They're not taking no risks. The substitutions that come on are maybe slightly more cautious than they normally would be, and the game sort of peters out into a draw. So it's the draw for me. However, the caveat is I will not be placing any bet on this game until I've seen the England game and seen what happens, just because I'm worried that maybe one of them thinks, you know, why not? Let's go for it. And, and it sort of attacks when I don't think they will. That's a fantastic angle. Do you know what? I didn't even think of that, but you're spot on. You know, the result uh, hours before can completely change the landscape of not only Group B, but this fixture. So that's going to be a strong caveat. But Jamie, regardless of the caveat, goals are probably going to be at a premium in this clash. How does a KG under 2.5 odds of 1-2 to two sound? The bookmakers aren't expecting many goals, are you? Yeah, look, we, we obviously mentioned we do think this is going to be a KG one. I just think it will be a case of where both teams will not want to lose this one. And I just think that that's going to be the mindset from both. I think maybe even regardless of the England score, I think neither team is going to want to really going to go for this one. So I do think that will be a low scoring one. Um, again, I, I really I do think a draw is, is kind of the way to go here. So you can get a nil-nil um, at 11 to 2. Um, you can also get a draw and under 2.5 goals at 12 to 5 as well. But I think if you kind of look at how evenly matched this one is um, and, and kind of how important it is going to be, um, it's it's definitely a must not lose. So um, I think that definitely leads towards low scoring one and uh, potentially a draw. Now, in terms of goals, Craig, the obvious bet will be to back Gareth Bale to score any time. You can do so odds of 9 to 4. I don't know about you, but I think this is a very decent price. 
I think it is, yeah. I think sort of going back a couple of minutes, if, if England happen to lose and Wales go for it, then the majority of their attacks go through Bale. And I think it becomes an even better price then. Um, I'm with Jamie on... Uh, we'll get to the correct scores in a minute, but I'm with Jamie low scoring uh, for this one. So it's not a game that I particularly want to pick out a goal scorer. But if you think Wales can score, like I said, the majority of their attacks go through Bale some way or another... Um, set piece taker, so he's he's got that up, up his sleeve as well. And and I will say nine to four is bigger than what I was expecting to see when uh, when I was looking through the odds on this. So not for me, but if you think Wales can score, um, or or if if you think that Wales are going to go for it, if England sort of do something that they shouldn't in the first game, then uh, yeah, it's definitely a fair price, isn't it? Now, Jamie, by the same token, Christian Pulisic will hope he's more Captain America than Captain Chelsea substitute. You can get three to one on him scoring any time. How does that sound to you? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting one. He's obviously they're pretty much their star man in, in this team. Um, I think he's a guy, obviously, you are expecting to start as well. So maybe worth keeping an eye on. But uh, look, he comes into this tournament um, five, five games without a goal for the USA. So obviously, on an international level, he's not in the best of form. And we certainly know for Chelsea, he's not been the best of form. It's just one goal in 18 matches this season. He's not played a great deal of football, even though he's made those 18 appearances. As you mentioned, a lot of them will have come off the bench. So, um, yeah, I think just given his form that he, he comes into this tournament in, I think he's probably worth um, kind of stick, steering clear of this one. I, I, I do quite like the look of Gareth Bale, but uh, as I might mention a little bit later, um, I, I think goals are going to be very, very low for this one. Now, Craig, in terms of overall shots on target, you can get evens on there being seven or less. Can you see it being that cagey of an affair? I can, yeah. That sounds good to me. That I think there'll be a, uh, a lack of sort of throwing caution to the wind based on the fact that this is a game that nobody wants to lose. Um, I think there'll be sort of few real sort of drives forward where teams are really throwing players forward. A uh, big midfield battle. Everything just points to few chances in this one for me. Whatever angle you look at it, it's just going to be a very cagey affair and very few chances a game played out in the middle of the park, I think. Now, Jamie, offside decisions will be semi-automated at the World Cup. Do you think we'll see three or more in this game, odds of 8-13? to 13? I think that seems like a fairly solid shout. I mean, obviously, Craig mentioned there, just um, in terms of um, the game, will it be kind of played more in the middle of the park? Is it going to, you know, are there going to be really teams going to throw men forward? And obviously, the opportunities for offside. But I think when, when you consider that they are going to be semi-automated offsides, you know, that could lead to kind of more offsides, you know, uh, happening. Um, you kind of expect more players being caught offsides in, in maybe different scenarios. Obviously, at the moment, we're kind of used to VAR kind of looking at where goals have been scored or big moments in the match. But if, you know, we're always kind of judging offsides um, and they're going to be semi-automated, you, you kind of expect that to happen more often. But uh, yeah, I, I just think given that um, teams aren't, you know, both of these teams aren't maybe going to be looking to throw players forwards, uh, this could be an interesting one, but I, I may, might just stay clear of this one. Right, that's enough about that game in terms of the markets. Before we move on, I'd like a correct score from you both. So, Jamie, you can go first this time. What score have you got in mind? Yeah, um, I think I've kind of um, obviously said I'm not expecting too many goals in this one. Um, and I'm actually not going to expect any goals at all. I'm going to oh, wow. go for a goalish draw here. Um, you can get that at 11-2. to two. I just think, I mentioned, I just think it's going to be such a cagey game where neither team wants to lose. I think it's so closely kind of balanced. I think, you you know, you kind of look at the odds and 
and uh, obviously had, you know the, the form of both teams is so evenly matched so I think for that reason I do think this one plays out as a draw and uh, neither team is, is really going to look to go for it so uh, yeah goalless draw in this one at uh, 11-2 to two. and Craig you are up next what correct score are you hoping for? Unfortunately for you, Dan, I have no option but to follow Jamie in with this one, I'm afraid. Um, the second that the England final whistle goes and England have won the first game, so that I know that this is not going to be a game where people go to. Uh, the first bet I'll be placing on it is nil-nil at 11-2, this one. I just think that both teams are going to be far too cautious. I would love nothing more than an entertaining 7pm game for my Monday night in, uh, but unfortunately I can't see it. Nil-nil, 11-2. OK, then I will make it a bit more entertaining. I'll go for one all. I mean, we're kind of all circling around the same logic that both teams are going to look to find their feet. Both teams certainly won't want to lose, regardless of what England do. I think they will cancel each other out. It's not going to be the best start, but it won't be a bad start for either side. So I'm going to go for one all, a little bit more entertainment. You're going to get your under 2.5 goals ticked off as well, but I'm going to take that one at 11-2. to And of course, check out freebets.com for the best insight and betting tips ahead of this weekend. Right, there's plenty of World Cup action still to discuss, and let's focus on the third fixture to take place on Monday, that being Netherlands versus Senegal. Craig, how do you see this one panning out now that Sadio Mane is out for the tournament? I think I would have come on here and told you that I fancied Netherlands, even if he was playing. Um, but yeah, that's that's a big blow for Senegal, really. Not only is he missing this game, as, as we knew that he would, but he's also missing the, the entire tournament. So that puts a real dent in their chances. Um, Netherlands for me I think they're going to get off to a good start as we sort of spoke in the preview show the other day I tipped them up to get nine points from the group so um, sticking with that I think they'll win this first one Now Jamie the win and both teams to score pick may have seemed the most logical choice you can still get odds of three to one on this outcome however with no Sadio Mane are you now looking the other way? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to look in the opposite direction here now. Um, I even think before the, the loss of Sadio Mane, I, I still think this would have been kind of the selection for me. Um, a Netherlands win to nil. Um, I think they're going to be kind of too strong for this group. Um, defensively, we know they're very strong. Obviously, you've got some great options at the back. Virgil van Dijk and obviously Mateus de Ligt, kind of two of the real standard options there. Um, they also come into this tournament having kept clean sheets against Poland and Belgium in their last two matches as well. So obviously got that good record um, to show for it as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I think a win to nil here for um, for the Netherlands is, is the way to go. And you can get that at 13 to 8. Fantastic. Let's move on to Tuesday next as Argentina take on Saudi Arabia. Craig, can you extract any value from this encounter? Yeah, it's not easy, is it? But the only way I can do it is by backing Argentina to win and both teams to score. Uh, it sort of relies on Saudi Arabia coming out of their shell. I think Argentina are fantastic going forward. Uh, great on the ball. They're going to create a lot of chances. Uh, hoping that Saudi Arabia, rather than just try and defend for their lives, uh, they come out of the shell, give it a go, and, and they happen to nick one from maybe a set play or something. Uh, so, yeah, 13-5 to Argentina win with both teams to score. Well, Jamie, this could be a game that lends itself to goals, and if so, would over 3.5 at 13-8 to be of interest to you? Yeah, do you know what? I do think it will be. Um, I think Argentina obviously won 5-0 in their World Cup warm-up uh, against the UAE on, on Wednesday. Um, that means they've now scored three or, uh, three or more in six of their last seven matches as well. So they are a really high-scoring team. And I think Lionel Scaloni's team will kind of want to come into this one and really lay a marker down to kind of, um, you know, or produce an emphatic win to kind of really show they are very serious this year. They've, of course, got the players to, to score plenty of goals, obviously, like so Lionel Messi, um, Natoro Martinez, Di Maria, 
Dybala. So they've obviously got all kind of those that attacking threat. I actually don't think that Saudi Arabia will contribute with the goal. Um, I, I think that uh, Argentina will win this one to nil. I think defensively, kind of we've seen how good Argentina have been. Um, they've kept n- numerous amount of clean sheets now in their last few matches. Um, and I think they will do the same here. But uh, I think they'll score plenty. So, um, yes, I do think over 3.5 goals is, is a good shout. Now, that same day, sees Denmark play Tunisia. Craig, this should be a routine win for the Danes. How does a Denmark win to nil at 11-10 to 10 sound to you? Yeah, that sounds good to me. That I think the um, the two European nations in this group are far clearer of the other two. Uh, I think they'll both win both games against the other two nations and setting up a Denmark v France winner-takes-the-group sort of uh, scenario. So, yeah, I think 11-10 to 10 is very fair. I think Denmark are rock solid, perhaps a little bit underestimated by some people. Let's not forget they beat France twice in the summer. I don't think they'll beat France here because I think France are a better tournament team. But uh, this is a good Denmark team that, that do probably need a little bit more respect than what they've had up to now. Well, Jamie, France get their defence of the World Cup underway against Australia. This could be shades of 2002 and Senegal all over again. Would you be mm. tempted by a shock Socceroos win at odds of 10 to 1? Um, it's, it's very difficult to see. Obviously, France are going to be such a strong team. I think the only thing I can say for this one, maybe in terms of something slightly different, is it might be worth waiting for some team news on this one. Uh, Raphael Varane and Benzema are two players that kind of de- big doubts for this one. Um, they're currently undergoing their own fitness plans or, or own training plans. Um, obviously, both coming back from, from injuries. So, you know, maybe if they were to be missing a player like Varane, obviously, we know how important he is for, for Manchester United and their defence. And, and kind of we've seen... United, they look so strong with him in the team, dropped off a bit. And I think it's kind of the same case for France, where, you know, Varane would be a big loss in their defence. So um, I, I, I can't really envisage, you know, um, Australia getting something from this one. I just think France will be too strong. But, you know, maybe they might nick a goal if, if Varane's missing. So, you know, if Varane wasn't to kind of, um, you know, we got some news that Varane wasn't going to be fit for this one, then maybe I'd be looking at both teams to score and a France win at 12-5. to 5. Um, but obviously that would depend on, on, on Varane's fitness. So uh, that might be one that, that, that's worth looking at. OK, Tuesday also sees a defining clash in Group C as Mexico play Poland. Craig, would Poland in the double chance market at odds of 2-5 to five make sense in an early acre? Would do to me, yeah. I think this game reminds me quite a lot of the USA-Wales yeah, game, yeah. just with the addition that it's got a lot more sort of attacking intent from both teams. But it's very similar script. This is like a must-not-lose game for both teams um, if something bizarre happened with Argentina, which, which let's face it, it's not going to, but if it did, then maybe one of them sort of really goes all out to win it. Uh, I'm struggling to split them. I, I do like the draw, but if you're asking me which player on the pitch is that star man who can go out and win a game for his nation, then obviously that's Robert Lewandowski. So that would then give Poland an edge in that respect. So yeah, I think all of that sort of feeds into the uh, Poland or draw bet that you've just mentioned. So yeah, that's good for me. Well, Jamie, Robert Lewandowski just mentioned there, you can get odds of 4-1 to one for him to open the scoring against Mexico. Do you like the sound of that one? Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of definitely have to fancy that one again as well. I've, I'm more slightly leaning towards Poland here. I, Craig mentioned there, it obviously will be a kind of a cagey one, but I actually do think Poland are a pretty good team and, and could be what, uh, definitely an interesting one to look at. Um, they defeated Chile 1-0 on Wednesday. Um, the game before that, they also got a 1-0 win over Wales as well. Obviously, a, a strong team to beat. Um, meanwhile, for Mexico, they lost 2-1 uh, 
to Sweden in, a, in their friendly. So, um, you know, maybe not the best of form for them. But look, we, we know undoubtedly kind of the goal on the, the, the pitch is going to be Lewandowski, the real kind of threat. Um, uh, Karol Swidelinski as well, maybe a, a worth a look at him. Um, he's expected to lead the line with, with Lewandowski. He's got six goals in his last 10 for Poland as well. He's, he's uh, 15-2 to score the first goal, also 10-3. And to score any time, uh, a guy I mentioned on the on the last episode as well, uh, Zielinski, he might be worth a shout. Obviously, a guy who's played a key part for Napoli in, the, in their team that's obviously in the Champions League round of 16, leading Serie A at the moment. So he's a guy who's, who's in really good form. He's 14 to one to score any time um, and 13 to two to score any time. So um, yeah, I think that that could be an interesting one. But uh, Lewandowski, I think uh, four to one to score the first goal, considering how good he is, uh, could be a, could be a good shout. Let's go to Wednesday now as Morocco face Croatia. Craig, a Croatia win has now lengthened to even since we last spoke. Do they know something, that being the bookmakers, that we don't? No, I don't think they do, no. Um, I like Croatia here, to be honest with you. Uh, I think they're an experienced side. They should have sort of no first game nerves coming into this one. They've, the amount of tournament games between the, the likes of Modric, Perisic and the other elder statesmen as such um, should mean that they're comfortable. One of the things that I would just quickly sort of point out about Croatia is the placing of this tournament, uh, many people talk about Croatia as been a bit of an ageing team. I think Modric and others are going to have a far easier task of carrying their team forward in November and December after they've only played sort of 15 league games, as opposed to if this tournament took place in the summer after a full season. So um, I'm not saying for a second I think Croatia is going to win the tournament, but I think they're one of the teams where the placing of the tournament maybe does help them a bit. And Jamie, if the bookmakers are suspecting something, would both teams to score at odds of 11 to 10 be a safer starting point in this group? Yeah, I mean, I wonder whether maybe that change of odds uh, came from Croatia's very late win over Saudi Arabia on Wednesday. Uh, they did win 1-0. It, it was a late winner um, in the 82nd minute. So maybe they did have some slight issues there, but it, that would be a strange one. You could kind of look at their lineup. They rested a lot of their, their key players. So um yeah, I, I, I don't. I still don't think that's something that's kind of worth considering a late win over Saudi Arabia. I still think Croatia are going to be too good for this one. Um, that that win now means they've won five in a row. Obviously, and during that run, they've beaten some really top teams, the likes of France and Denmark. Um, so also just on both teams to score. Um, I'm not too convinced with this one. Um, I think that um, Croatia are really strong defensively. They managed to keep clean sheets, as I mentioned, against France and Denmark back in June. Um, so defensively, I think they're going to be a solid team, um, you know, in, in this tournament. So um, I actually like the look of a Croatia win to nil here at uh, two to one. I, th I think they're going to be too good for this one. So yeah, Croatia win to nil is, is my pick. Right, Craig, I cannot wait any longer. Can you please show your homework as to how Japan are going to beat Germany? And with this in mind, what will be the best bet? Right, yeah. Let me have my uh, two minutes that will define the World Cup for me. The people will think I'm a mastermind. Or everybody will rush onto Twitter and laugh at me. Um, let's get the bet out of the way first. So the bet that I've got here for this game is uh, Japan or draw, double chance market, which is available at 6-4. to four. So um, this World Cup group to me is just all about value. It's, it's all about finding value and finding picks that are maybe overpriced. Uh, I think there'll be a lot of draws in the, in the games. It wouldn't surprise me if the winner of this group and, and qualification as well was sort of came down to who beats Costa Rica by the most goals, who can go out there and, and beat Costa Rica. Um, Spain play them first, which I'm not so key. I don't like backing teams to win comfortably on their first game. Um, and we'll get to a Spain striker in a second, which adds another element to that. So 
I think both Spain and Germany are priced up on the history that they've had in the tournament, the really, really good teams that we've seen in the past. The way that they've dominated European football and always been around us has been one of the top teams. Um, the teams that they're bringing to this World Cup, they're, they're not the same level. They're, they're still in transition a little. Um, if you want to sell me on Spain being led by Pedri in, in a few years' time, I'm all for it. Uh, the same with Musiala and Germany. I'm all for that. But are they quite at the capable level where they can really drive their national team forward right now in this 2022 World Cup? And, and I don't quite think they're there. Um, we'll talk about Spain and, and sort of are we really comfortable with the fact that Alvaro Morata's leading the line for them? Is that enough to get them goals? Um, I don't think it is. Um, Germany, they've, they've got a lot of familiarity in their sort of midfield and attack. But who, which other nations could potentially be fielding midfielders and attackers all from exactly the same club in their opening group game? Um, I know it's Bayern Munich and Bayern Munich have dominated German football for a long time. But the big names and the big stars, they, they always spread themselves around and they get the big money moves and, and they do eventually move away from German football. So are these big names and big stars maybe not quite as big as what some people think they are? And, and that's why they sort of we've got this Bayern Munich um, contingent that's going to sort of try and lead Germany forward. Um, Japan, so I'm a massive, massive fan of Daichi Kamada. I think he's going to really pull the strings in midfield. Uh, but they're not a one-man team. They're, they're not a one-man team. They've got other players who play at a decent level around Europe. Uh, Minamino's better than what we saw when, when he came to Liverpool. Um, Kubo is impressing at Real Sociedad. Uh, they've got Aito, who top scored for them in qualifying. He's got four goals in France this season. Uh, I just think there's there's enough about them to um, the sort of the gap that they need to bridge to get up to the standard of of Germany and Spain isn't as big as as what people think. Um, so sort of to round up, really, for all of that reasons, I think Spain and Germany uh, are too short in the betting and, and they're too fancied. Uh, Japan are too big. All of that sort of combined. Is, uh, is where I get Japan winning the group and qualifying from. Now, Jamie, have you been swayed by Craig's Japanese logic or do you think the Germans will come out on top in this one? What best bet have you got up your sleeve? Yeah, do you know what? Obviously, it was some really good uh, explaining there. And uh, do you know what? I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to buy into this Japan hype. <laughs> um, I'm actually going to go to the goal-scoring market for my pick and um, a guy who Craig mentioned there, Daichi Kamada, a guy who's really impressing in the Bundesliga um, I, I, wrote, I really like the look of him to score any time. You can get that at five to one. Um, obviously, the Germans should know him very well, considering how good he's been um, in, in their top flight division. Um, he's got 12 goals in all competitions this season for Frankfurt. Um, and he kind of really feels like he could be that one player who, who's kind of that really underrated star at the World Cup. And, and um, he, he feels like a guy, obviously, the last two seasons as well, obviously impressed in their Europa League win last season who kind of now feels as though he's at that stage where he, he should get that big move eventually. Um, but he looks like a really, really good player. Um, obviously, as I mentioned, he's a guy who's scored plenty of goals this season. And uh, I think he could well do the same against Germany. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go for Daichi Kamada to score any time at 5-1. to one. Do you know what? After all of Craig's logic and Jamie on the bandwagon, I'm sold. I think we all need a second team if it's not England. So let's really back Japan in this just for fun, if nothing else. But I think Craig has sold... Not just us, also the listeners, I hope. And hopefully there's going to be a flurry of Japanese bets just around the corner. But later that afternoon, 
the other two teams in Group E face off. And Craig, you can get 9-1 to on Spain having to win from behind. Do you like the sound of that? Or will this be rather plain sailing for the 2010 winners? Um, I think Spain's struggles are going to be with, with goals rather than defensively. So I think if I was going anywhere with this game, I'd probably rather go with a Spain win to nil. Uh, but in terms of the odds, that's only 8-15, to 15, so I don't think there's there's much value in there at all, really. Um, it, I, d I don't think they'll concede. Uh, obviously, what I'm hoping is that Costa Rica do score and, uh, and make Japan's qualifying life a little bit easier. But uh, it's a no bet for me. Uh, but if you were really pinning me down, then probably win to nil rather than winning from behind. Now, Jamie, we spoke about Spain's lack of goal-scoring options in the previous episode. Do you think the win and under 2.5 total goals at odds of 8-11 to 11 is the logical bet to place before Wednesday? Yeah, well, look, just on a, on a personal perspective, um, I'm really hoping Spain do kind of find their uh, their, their goal-scoring threat. And I hope they find it in Ansu Fati. I mean, on my, on my trip to the uh, Camp Nou last year, I made a rather large investment in an Ansu Fati shirt in the hope that he'd become this big star of us. He's been hampered by injuries. He's managed to make the Spain squad. So, um, And he did actually score against uh, Jordan on Wednesday and they won 3-1. Uh, Spain, so I'm hoping that my, my rather large investment on the uh, Ansu Fati shirt finally comes good, but uh, I, unfortunately I'm kind of more swaying towards along the lines that there will be low scorers at this tournament still. Um, I, I do think maybe Costa Rica aside not to be taken too lightly as well, um, so this could be one where Spain do just about win this one. Um, it's going to be a low scoring one, so yeah, under 2.5 goals and the Spain win does seem the way to go here. Now, Wednesday also sees Belgium face Canada. Belgium not quite at the level that they were four years ago. Craig, will this be a routine win for the Red Devils or are you putting forward another shock? What bet takes your interest here? Yeah, I think I'm probably the highest on Belgium out of all of us based on what we said on the uh, the preview show. I do think they'll win this one. Um, you, you're right, they're not at the same level as what they were a few years ago. But I think when we look back a few years ago, many people probably had them close to favourites to win tournaments. Such was the the talent in that team. Um, they're not there now, but to me, they've still got too much attacking talent. Uh, I think they'll outscore any defensive problems that they've got. And that may come back to bite them as they sort of hit the knockout round. But in terms of the group stage, uh, and especially this game, uh, I think they'll win here, yeah. And finally, Jamie, Jonathan David is going to be Canada's main hope in attack. You can get odds of 10-3 to 3 for him to score any time Wednesday. Is this worth a mm. glance before kickoff? Yeah, well, look, obviously, again, I, I made kind of the case that Belgium won't actually make it through the group stages on this one. Obviously, a very big shout to make, but I just kind of look at this team and, and they do seem kind of well past their best. Defensively is, is the big worry for me, for Belgium. Got a very much an ageing back line. I mentioned on the last episode, Jammer Tong and Toby Alderweireld, kind of those two players that are looking, that are probably going to start this one. And, you know, you look at kind of where their careers have gone, obviously, two players that are now playing over in the Belgian Pro League. So... Um, yeah, I, I think um, Canada can get at them. And um, look, we've, we've seen this a Canadian team that, that have scored plenty of goals. They netted 23 times in 40 matches during qualifying. Um, I also mentioned in the last episode as well, I do like the look of their attack. They've got Carl Larin and, and Jonathan David, obviously the guy that you just mentioned there. Um, Carl Larin, for me, is a, is a player that I do quite like the look of. Um, he netted 13 times during qualifying. Um, and he's 15 to four to score any time. And that just seems like a really good shout. I just look at that again. I just look at that Belgian defence and I think it can be got at. And um, kind of considering the form that he's been at in, 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 on the international stage, Carl Larin, um, I think that could be an interesting one. But Jonathan David as well. 
Um, a guy, you know, who, who's certainly going to want to kind of get that big move eventually. And this could obviously be the stage that, that really kind of highlights him. So he's 10 to 3, as you said, to score any time. So either of those two, I, I think, could be good picks considering um, Belgian aren't quite the team they used to be. Yeah, there could be some value in either of those Canadian forwards. But it's time for our final bit of business now. It's the return of the odds on threefold. We all pick a leg each, combine it into an acca. Let's try and go for bets over one to two, but less than evens. And let's see if we can get another winner over the line. Craig, you're up first. What have you got for me? Yeah, my pick's coming from a game on Monday. I'm going for the Netherlands to beat Senegal at 8-13. to 13. Uh, Fancy the Netherlands before the Sadio Mane news. I think that's a really big blow for Senegal. That takes out their main focal point in attack. Um, I just really fancy the Netherlands to get off to a good start in this group. And they're going to do that by picking up three points in the first game. So it's the Netherlands to beat Senegal for me at 8-13. to 13. Fantastic. And Jamie, what have you got up your sleeve? Yep, I'm looking at uh, next Wednesday's match between Morocco and Croatia, and I think it will be a win for Croatia. Um, I made it pretty clear, I do think that Croatia are going to be a strong team at this tournament. Um, we mentioned their experience that they have got, and obviously some real quality as well. Um, you know, we've seen them coming into this tournament off the back of five wins. Um, they've also, you know, managed to keep clean sheets against the likes of Denmark and France, and they've beaten some really big teams there. So, um, yeah, I, I think they're going to have a strong tournament here, Croatia. Um, and I'm going to go for them to beat Morocco, and you get that at evens. OK, I'm going to go to Group C. I'm going to go for Argentina to beat Saudi Arabia to nil. As mentioned before, this should be the perfect start for Lionel Messi and company. There's no value in a win on its own. To be honest, even the win to nil is a little skinny, but I'll take it. Odds of 8 to 13 are going straight on the betting slip, and hopefully that is one of three winners in our odds on Acker. Right, that brings us to full time. I just need to do the admin before we wrap up. As mentioned before, if any of these bets take your fancy, make sure to visit the free bets website. And now I just need to thank my duo of top guests. Craig, thanks for joining me this afternoon. I hope you enjoyed that one. Yeah, I think we made that a very typical England first game preview with the fact that Jamie threw in odds on England to be the next manager uh, before they've even kicked the ball. So, yeah, really enjoyed it. Lovely stuff. And Jamie, thanks for your time and sharing your betting insights with me. Yeah, all good. Thanks, Dan. And uh, yeah, hopefully, um, obviously, we've been very pessimistic about England's chances. Hopefully they do better than uh, kind of what we have been predicting. But uh, yeah, should should be an interesting one. Really looking forward to that. Uh, the big kickoff on Sunday. England's first match as well. And uh, yeah, obviously a good, good fun show today. Cheers, mate. And also, cheers to the listeners out there. And with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. This is the Odds On Podcast. And until next time, goodbye. Goodbye. 